DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Boom! No, wait, that doesn't work, does it? Dang it. Go for it. Now, call the people at Mark Miller Subaru and see if they want a boom added to it. Maybe the warehouse trademarked it and I can't do that. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out later. All right, PK, uh, you had your free time yesterday. You put multiple questions up, and one of them, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott has pitched increasing the football playoffs to eight teams. Are you down with it? Are you in? Are you on board? You want to make this happen? (laughs) PK, we have some cynical listeners. I can't understand that. Devin, well, of course Larry did. He's trying to save his ass. It's too little too late. I think there's part of it, sure. Yeah, I think on both those counts that it is too little too late. It's not going to happen this year, and he is trying to make himself in the conference look better. And he may have said it privately before, but now he's saying it publicly. Uh, Yeah, I get all that, and that's fine. But it's still, this year, I think it makes sense. It makes the most sense ever. So I understand the... Uh, what the agenda, Cynicism. I guess, that he yeah. may have. And I'm fine with that. I, I, everybody, everyone, every time somebody speaks, I think they got an agenda. I really do. Maybe that's extreme. I'm going to the extreme. Most times, they've got agendas. And I think in this situation, surely he has an agenda. But I can get past it because these are unusual times. And it seems to me that this year, it would make sense. Of that, all the years, it would make the most sense. That's why you're okay with a 16-team baseball playoff this year. I don't want to see a 27-29 and 29 team knocking out a division champ on a normal year. I don't want to see it. But this yeah. year, I'm okay yeah, yeah, with it. They'd, they'd play more games, but I get your point. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see a 79 and 83 team yeah, knocking out a division champ. Yeah. Steve says he's trying to make the Pac 12 relevant and save his job. Yes. And yes, he's a commissioner of the Pac 12. Of course, he'd want to make it relevant. And it's a great job. Why wouldn't he want to save it? Well, it's a great salary. Yeah. I'm not sure the job with all the grief he's getting is all that good, but the salary's off the charts. Dave says, when you're the one who's always left out, of course you'll pitch for more teams. Okay, but yeah, I get that. Can, but can we get past that and look at the idea rather than the motive? Barry says, it's a step in the right direction of a 16-team playoff. So yes, I'm absolutely thrilled with that idea. I don't think we're ever going to see a 16-team playoff. I don't think it's happening. Oh, 16 in college football? Yeah, yeah, yeah that happen. seems a lot. Jamie says 16 is too many, top it off at 8, but one spot needs to be guaranteed for the G5, two at large, and all five P5 conference winners. I don't know that I – and I love the little guy because that's what I view myself as, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that I necessarily want an automatic spot. Well, there will be a year that uh, will look bad, and they're always going to stick 8 against 1 and then say, see, they can't really compete. And the problem is – the way college football has gone, I think one would destroy eight most of the time, regardless of who eight is. If you don't give it to the G5 and it's a third runner-up from a conference, I think one would destroy eight, even if it's a power five runner-up. You know, it's a Wisconsin, right? Remember, we were talking about this the other day. Remember when Gary Anderson, he had a pretty good team at Wisconsin. They won a bunch of games. They won their division. But Ohio State was loaded. And Ohio State ran Wisconsin off the field in the conference title game. I think a one through a one. There are a lot of years where that's what one versus eight would look like if it was a P five team. I mean, Wisconsin's the kind of team it could be, right? It would be a team that wins a division in a Power Five, has won a bunch of games. 
But I think there can be, at the top, there can be that much separation. Yeah, unless there was a deal where a kid came back from injury and no. that led to why sure. they dropped so low. And one year they'll be the upset because the one seed will, you know, turn it over three times early in the game and they'll tighten up and, you know, but it won't happen very often. I mean, well, that's what drives me crazy is that, and this is like the BYU thing, is that when those things happen, which inevitably they would happen, where there would be It'll a slaughter. Be C? Yeah. <laughs> right, they yeah. never get the benefit of the doubt. It's always the other way around. Mm-hmm. They get the criticism of the doubt, or whatever the opposite, the unbenefit of the doubt, and it never really plays out. Well, yeah, that team had a down year. Blah, blah. So you, you're like, even when you beat them, you, unless you got them at the end of the year and they were both of your, both of you were 11 and 0, which, you know, is not going to happen. It seems like they don't ever get the little guy, in this case, the BYU, as they're always striving to prove how worthy they were of being good. They never got the benefit of the doubt. Even though they beat, check off the teams, and they be, oh, that team wasn't good that year. Well, mm-hmm. then, gosh. Or you didn't want Alabama, doesn't want to be there. Well, you finally get a chance to play them, and you beat them, and now they don't want to be there. It's like you, you can't win either way, even though you did win out on the field. Yeah, but isn't the Alabama didn't want to be there thing getting a little bit of a boost as we see the Pac-12 title game loser get beat in the bowl every year? Except the Pac-12 title game loser. Not always. Not always. But most of the time, it's what's now regulated, relegated to a second-tier bowl. And the Sugar Bowl should have excited you the same way the Rose Bowl would excite you. Especially from that part of the country. I'm Mm -hmm. not from that part of the country. I'm from this part of the country, even though, I mean, I never lived in the South, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the Rose Bowl for me, since I was a boy, was just like heaven, man. Yeah. It, it's Field of Dreams. So I don't know if that's the way they feel in that part of the country about the sugar. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you can't get credit for it. And and I get with the, with the Pac-12 loser, because I think Arizona lost – then they lose in the Fiesta Bowl, so it wasn't always a, a second-tier bowl. No, the, yeah, they lost to Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, uh, and they should have been fired up to play in that game because it was the Fiesta Bowl. It was in their home state, blah, blah, blah. Stadium they all had played in because at that point they were still playing at Sun Devil. Now they've moved it over to the Cardinals Stadium. Uh, but here in this situation, yes, we are – looking at the Pac-12 losing these games and it does it does have an effect I get it but still it's the little guy and you should be up for playing the little guy just shut him up Scott says uh, Larry's doing all he can to try and get a playoff spot but irregardless they're not going to get anyone in the playoffs this year you know, uh, the big show just had this debate, and Jake just made Gordon fly off the deep end. You've probably heard the promo <laughs> when he said, yeah, an undefeated Pac-12 champ could get in if all the other runners-up have three losses. He wouldn't yeah. even put him in over a two-loss team. Well, I agree with Gordon, then. If Gordon was making the point that that's ridiculous, I think that is ridiculous. Yeah. I just don't know. I think people are, the go-to default position is Oregon, but they're losing four NFL guys. They're not as big a slam dunk as they appeared. It doesn't mean they won't pull it off. But they're losing NFL guys, and they are breaking in a new quarterback this year. Those are facts. So, now, now having said all that, I still can't guarantee you that they won't pull it off. But they're no longer the right. lead. You know, they're no longer leading the Derby by three lengths at the top of the turn. To me, it's SC now. 
okay, but do we really trust SC in every big game? And how much? Well, I'm not I, saying I they're going to do it, but I'm just saying right you now would the say conference now. is SC. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm not um, saying that they're going to. I got 95% level of confidence. And then the question is, uh, is SC going to pull it off? How's the schedule going to be set up? Are they going to give SC a big game, like Utah or Arizona State? Are they going to give them a big game early? If they haven't been practicing as much, do they get to ease in the, into the season with uh, Arizona and Colorado before they got to play a big game? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Right. Well, they said last week, they said this week. We're running out of time here. I know. <laughs> this week, is, <laughs> it's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> a schedule would be good now. Right. So, I mean, I've been thinking about a hundred other different things in my life, and then with the basketball and baseball and, and all that stuff that I haven't really thought about. Now that I think about it, you know, I was on that conference call last week, yeah. and they thought that it would be the end of this week, and yeah. here we are. It's already Thursday, so let's get let's get going here. Let's get this thing out and, and see what, what's out. I'd prefer they give it to us Monday so then we can hash and rehash and triple hash it over and over a million times. Uh, and uh, uh, Utah, uh, they're having their media availability today. Kyle, at 11 o'clock. Yeah. I understand Tom almost talking tomorrow, but that won't have any effect on uh, the Pac-12, obviously. But it would be nice to have Kyle being able to speak to the schedule, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Well, there's two hours and 40 minutes for them to kick out a schedule. <laughs> so, so we can find out right away. Hurry up, Larry. Larry. And we, even if he has an idea, they don't want to say it publicly. I mean, they knew. He's got an idea. When was it last uh, last Wednesday, they knew what was going to happen pretty much on that vote. Because I was told in the morning, and if you go back and look at the Twitter, I had it out there hours. I don't want no credit. I'm not talking about <laughs> pat me on the back. That's not my thing here. I'm not asking for that whatsoever. I want to make sure that's understood. I'm not looking for what? no. Don't give me no credit here. What you're saying is you had the info. <laughs> Boom. Boom. I like it. Hey, thank S- you. Scotty called me. I, I, you wouldn't have tweeted that out if you didn't have it. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't ask me who told me, but he said, well, what do you know? So I told him. And, and, and at, that, at that time, I wasn't sure. I knew the six plus the one. That's why I put the six regular season games. But I wasn't sure if they were going to have divisions. I thought there was a possibility that maybe they just went one big league, uh, one, one through twelve, and the two teams that finished fir- first and second would play each other. I thought there was a, I don't know what percentage, but there was a possibility in my mind that they wouldn't have divisions. But they decided to go with divisions. So at that time, I did not know that, uh, and I didn't think to ask when I got the information anyway. Uh, so that's probably on me. But they should have the schedule, and that's going to determine the crossover game. Could determine a lot. I just think that, back to the original point, I think they should expand it this year, put in a couple of teams more, and that that settles the debate. You'd still need the playoff committee to seed them, and that would be big and, and all that stuff. They still get attention, and uh, you know they would do – I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, they'd always uh, do it between uh, – uh, they'd have it what between uh, doubleheader of college basketball to draw more yeah. people into it, right. and they stage it as a production, and that's fine. It's entertainment. Let's never lose sight of the fact that at its core, everything is us, entertainment. It's right. entertainment. Yes. Once you turn on that television, it seems like more than ever, 
it's entertainment. Yeah. Whatever form it's broadcast, where it used to be journalism, now it's entertainment. Yeah, the guy who owned when uh, I got signed by an agent when I was in Santa Barbara, moving to Sacramento, and the guy who not oh, Falk, right, David Falk, no, and not the guy not Steinberg, the, the woman. <laughs> I mean, the guy. His name was Alfred Geller, and and he did a thing where you had, had to fly back to his offices in New York and be part of the firm. And part of that thing was TV has always been entertainment. Look at how theatrical Merle was, and he actually played us. Um, clips from documentaries, you know, when it was journalism and they blew out an hour of prime time because this issue was so important. Yes, that used to happen, kids. And, and there's this, um, the, I, think it was, I think the documentary was Grapes of Wrath and it was on farming. And Merle starts with his back to the camera and then turns around. He says, there was no information in that turn. That was theater. And so it's always been that way. Now, maybe it's more that way, but it's always been that way. Yawk is laughing hilariously while looking at his phone in the other studio. I'm just going to read the message first to see if you can get, guess who sent this text to me just okay. barely. LOL, tell them old men to wake up and sound interesting. <laughs> uh, I got some funny things to say to that, but I'm not going to say them. Who is it? The one, the only, the Joe Ingles. Ah, <laughs> you were talking football, Joe couldn't care less. No, he couldn't. Bad Joe, news, Joe. You missed the basketball segment. Now you're getting football. I just want to be alive in 25 years when some second grader is going to look at Joe and say, hey, old man, how you doing? <laughs> second text just came in. They sound like they just got out of bed. I'm out of bed. I am up, Joe, doing push-ups before you've had your first cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everybody's a critic. Brian Keel is going to join us, former BYU linebacker. We'll talk uh, Louisiana Tech and BYU. That will fascinate Joe Ingles. My gosh, he couldn't be more thrilled to hear more college football talk. Craig Bowlerjack will be here at 9 o'clock. Make sure you're back, Joe. 9 o'clock, you can sing against everything Bowler has to say about the NBA Finals. Brian Keel's coming up. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. You see him on BYU TV. You see him all over the place. You hear him here every week. He's everywhere. He's nonstop. He can't be stopped. Brian joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprinter coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Brian... How confident are you of 3-0? and Are you at the point now where, despite the uh, Northern Illinois and the New Masses and the Toledos and the South Floridas, that's all old news and this team is new news and 3-0 and feels like a high probability to you? Yeah, basically um, I'm, I'm at the point where, um, based off of what I have seen, um, if they don't win every game on their schedule as it currently resides, um, they have absolutely dropped the ball. So yeah, three and zero, I absolutely expect it. Um, you base and that's and, and that's a gift that they've given us with their the way that they've played. And um, that, that that doesn't mean that they can't lose. Obviously, they can. Um, if they, that doesn't mean that it's a given that they will win. They got to come out. They got to show up. They got to execute, et cetera, et cetera. But what they've shown us so far, um, this is a good team. We, we don't know how good they are because 
because of the opponents. Um, and, it, and that's just, it is what it is. But this is a good team, and they should win every game that's currently on their schedule. Okay. Uh, good team. I think we can agree with that. The question is how good, and that requires some type of forecasting and speculation and all that. In your mind, how good is it? Yeah, so that's, you know, someone asked me that yesterday. Um, and, and, and the thing I told them, I said, I, the shame of this season is, we finally matched up a, a, what appears to be at least a very quality team with what might have been our best schedule ever. Um, and it would have been so fun to see what they could have done against that schedule. And, and you know, the, when, in the conversation yesterday, I said, you know, they might have won seven of those games. They might have won 11 of those games. And I honestly don't know, and that's the, that's the tragedy of this year, um, the, 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 the awesome part about this year is they do have games. They are playing. They're playing at an extremely high level. And, and, and they have an opportunity to do something that's unique. They can run the table. And, yeah, it's, it's a weird year. It's got an asterisk next to it. But that being said, they can run the table with helps our recruiting. They can maybe, you know, depending on how things play out in the college football landscape, they should be able to get into a New York Six Bowl game and then play somebody legitimate. And, and if they do those things, that really helps our recruiting, which helps us be good next year and the year after that, and, and helps us build. So they got to take care of, of uh, each game, um, got to take care of La Tech tomorrow, and, and then the next week and the next week. But I'm, I'm, I'm really excited and optimistic. So Tom Homo came on our show, and uh, there were a lot of things he wouldn't say, and I know that frustrated some people, but he doesn't hold all the cards and control the – the entire script, so it's hard to say anything really definitively because uh, he's counting on other people. But if you read between the lines, it seemed to me he thinks there's a pretty good chance that they're going to play some quality opponents in November and or December. He can't guarantee it now because that stuff can't be guaranteed. But from teams that might need another game out of the American Athletic Conference to get into a New Year's Six Bowl or whatever, maybe there's an opportunity there. There's clearly an opportunity with Boise State. There might be an opportunity with Army. There might be someone who needs a game because their opponent cancels 10 days out, so they might be able to schedule something on the fly. How much of any of that have you heard? How much of that do you think sounds plausible? How much does that excite you? Because that could be a team that's much better than anything that's currently on the schedule. Yeah, so I've heard all of those things and all of those scenarios, and I've hoped, you know, hoped for all of those scenarios. Um, you hate to see another team lose the game, the opportunity for a game because they have some cases or whatever. Um, but you know what? That's life. Their loss is our opportunity, and um, I would absolutely love for BYU to slide in on the fly, as you said, and fill and be a filling game with a P5 opponent and. I think um, Tom's got one of the toughest jobs in the country, in, in sports at least right now, and he's done a phenomenal job. And, I mean, he would know obviously better than anybody what, what the outlook of those things are. But I, I, I think just what I know and just knowing Tom, the mindset is like, hey, we'll play anybody. And if there's an opportunity, we're going to go take it. And, and I love that mindset. That's the mindset I have. And especially on this year, this weird year. And so, um, you know, you don't, I don't hope that cases flare up or anything like that, but, um, I absolutely would love the opportunity, um, however it comes for us to schedule more games and especially quality games, P5 games 
and, and that will be a, a true yardstick for how good this team is. Um, I mean, this could be one of BYU's best teams, you know, in the last decade, or or they could just be a decent team that's just beaten up on lesser opponents, and we won't know that unless they play somebody legit. So I remember years ago having a conversation with Lance Reynolds, BYU football coach. I'm sure you know him, obviously. He was on the staff when you were there. And we're talking about, and I think he was coaching running backs. And he was talking about, uh, he did a lot of different things, but I think it was running backs at the time. He was talking about the guys getting confidence. And that's that very thing about how they had some early season games that were against easier opponents and they got confidence. And Coach Reynolds was telling me that confidence is such a big deal to the point where if you're not as good as you actually are, but you think you are better than you are, that goes a long way to making you really good. The idea being you got to believe that you're really good. Even if you're not, you still got to believe it because that's going to help you to be better than you actually are. How much do you buy now as BYU? They've just pulverized these last two opponents. Their confidence, even if they're not as good as we think they might be or hope they might be, whatever the case, they think they're really good. So that's going to help them when they get out on the field. Oh, that's, so I spoke to a high school team last week, and that was the sum and substance of my message, is that confidence is the number one factor in performance in sports. You have to believe in yourself. That, that's where it starts. You have to have talent. You have to have hard work and execute all those other things, but it starts with belief. And if you don't have it, it's going to be a tough, tough situation. And, and so, you know, I, I just look at my time at BYU. Um, obviously, in 06 and 07, we went 11-2 and two both years. Um, undefeated in conference, undefeated at home, uh, conference champions, won our bowl games, really, really good teams, okay? And in oh in oh five, Broncos first year, we went six and six. And total you know, very mediocre season. It was better than what the three losing seasons prior to that. Um, but you know, six and six is very mediocre. That football team in oh five was very similar in ability to oh six and oh seven. We just didn't know it yet. And, you know, it was kind of interesting as I, you know, even now just I look back at that season and some of the close games that we lost, and, you know, we, we didn't have the confidence that we did in 06 and we did in 07. Um, and there was a lot of talent on that team in 05, and we could have been – we could have had a very similar record. Um, and honestly, I think a big factor of it – I think there's two factors of it. I think a big factor of it is on defense. We still ran that three three five, which was not – really suited for, uh, for BYU, for our personnel, and, and that went by the wayside. So that was a big factor. And then the other, the other factor was we didn't yet believe in ourselves. Um, so you look at these kids now, and you get these two huge wins, and you start, you start to drink that Kool-Aid, you start to believe, and you know, some, some, some big things can happen. So I'm excited to see, and I hope these kids you know, drink the Kool-Aid, get excited, and, and, and believe the hype, and then, and then that's the first part of it, and then, and then go do it. Go do it on the field. So as much as that applies to you, it would also apply to the other team. You know, do they know how good they are? Does an individual player know how good he is? And you go back to that 6-6 six and six season, you lost the bowl game to Cal. And at the time, I could watch that game, and I was at that game, and I could stand on the sideline and think, that Cal running back's pretty good. But I didn't know he was going to be Marshawn Lynch. I didn't know he was going to go beast mode. And I watched him run for 194 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Did you know then? Do you think he knew then? Or was that something he was growing and evolving into and you didn't know it either? 
Yeah, so they had Lynch and then they had Deshaun Jackson, and we couldn't stop either of them. And um, Deshaun Jackson scored a, a, a catch-and-run touchdown right before, like, 10 seconds left in the half mm-hmm. where he broke about six tackles, and, and we couldn't tackle Marshawn Lynch. And I absolutely knew at the time, that, like, yeah, those guys are going to be legit at, at the next level. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted that uh, Lynch would be, you know, as good as he ended up being at the next level, but I absolutely knew he was going to be a monster because we couldn't, we couldn't tackle the guy. Um, and yeah, and you know, that, that confidence, it goes both ways and, and it's intimidating for the opponent. And if you look at BYU in their heyday, which we would love to get back to that, um, we would love to have a glimmer of that nowadays and not just be, you know, Uncle Rico living in the past. Um, in BYU's heyday, they had that confidence and they had, they, they struck fear into the heart of their opponents. And a lot of games were won before they even got on the field. Um, and so, you know, we're nowhere near that right now, but hey, we can get back there. We, it's, it's doable. It's capable and, and one step at a time. But yeah, confidence, it, it, it's huge. It, it is absolutely, in my opinion, the, the number one factor in sports. That's interesting. You know, I was covering your team for the Tribune at the time, so I'm at the practices every day talking to the guys and all that stuff. And you say you were good, you just didn't know it yet. And if I remember in that 06 season, you started out 1-2. and I think it was a lost Arizona by a field goal kicker who is still in the NFL, booted a 49-yarder down there in Tucson, and then the overtime Boston College. So... Uh, you go, and I thought that the most important game in Bronco Mendenhall's tenure and turning that program around was at TCU. And your old buddy Nixon makes a big tackle for a loss in that game. And I just remember, we don't go in the locker room, but I remember walking up the ramp and the door was open and I could see in there and you guys uh, celebrated and John Beck seemed like he was just like, all right, we're, we're good. Uh, when did you know, maybe I'm wrong, when I pinpointed when I thought you guys knew you were good, but when do you think you knew that you were good? Yeah, so you just hit the nail on the head. Um, so Arizona, it was it was actually it was a 52-yard 50, field goal, and um, yeah, it, it, it stings even still to this day, and, and he's a good kicker. He's still playing in the NFL. Um, but that was a game, you know, we, if we play Arizona later in the year, we, we stop them. Yeah. Um, if we play Boston College later in the year, we beat them. Um, we lost in double overtime to Boston College at their place, and we missed four field goals in, reg- in, in the fourth quarter in overtime. We missed four field goals. Um, so, I mean, absolutely ha- have an opportunity to win that game. It, and and the, the turning point was the TCU game. They were ranked 14. We were at their place. I don't remember how long it had been. Since BYU had beat a ranked opponent, but at that stage it had been a long time since BYU had beat a ranked opponent, and um, and we went down there and beat them. And, I, and and you're absolutely right. It was that, that was like when we looked at each other and we're like, man, we're pretty good. And and you know we we ended up we didn't lose another game for the rest of the year. And um, and you know and, and a, a big part of that is, is confidence. I mean. Boston College, I still remember this. This sticks out to me because it was such a poignant um, comment. Uh, and I think I, I feel like I've said this on this show before, but um, we're at Boston College, and we, we were leading at halftime. And I remember coming into the locker room, and, the, and Bronco yelled at us. He's like, quit acting surprised that you're ahead right now. 
And that like stuck, it still stands out to me. I think about that all the time because, because we were, we were surprised. Like, and you, you know, you, as a program, we kind of had this mindset that they're, that they were better than us. And, and the fact that at half we were beat winning, we were, there were guys on the team kind of surprised. And that was, that was the, the old mindset that prevailed in 05. And fortunately we eliminated that mindset. And that's why we had so much success in 06 and 07. And I would love these kids right now to get that killer instinct back. And if you look at any game, basketball, football, you look at any game and you look at the guys that won championships, they just, they have that. They have that X factor. That, and it's, it's a confidence. It's, a, it's just a killer instinct. And it takes whatever talent they have to the next level. All right, I want you to listen to a, uh, a bite here. We had Skip Holtz on. He's the head coach at Louisiana Tech. And we talked about his team, and he talked about his defense and the challenges they face. I want you to listen to this, and I want to throw something at you and see what you think. We knew coming into it that was one of the biggest concerns we had. You have four starters in your back end back there in your two safeties and your two corners, and we graduated seven players in the back end. And so we knew it was going to be some growing pains going for us early. I hear that, and I think BYU is going to score fifty points. Yeah, I, if if, if uh, yeah, that my my ears perked up, and um, if I'm a quarterback, I'm looking at my shots. I'm I can't if I'm a quarterback or a receiver, I can't sleep at night. Um, yeah, if, if if that's the situation, I'm just I'm just going to attack that all every all day, um, and, and just take advantage. I can't guarantee that they're going to throw for 400 yards, although I suspect they might. But I can't guarantee that. The reason I think I think Louisiana Tech is going to be able to move the ball and score some points. I think they're going to be far and away the best offense that BYU's faced yet. And even getting like 20 points okay's Kalani to keep going for 40 and 50. You know, if the other team's stuck on yeah. three, then you're piling it on, so you got to pull it back. <laughs> but even if you get to 21 or 24 or whatever, then the offense can turn it loose. Now, I don't know if they're going to put an extra guy in the box to stop the run, so I don't know how much BYU's going to run or throw based on what the defense is showing them. So I don't want to guarantee any yardage, but it wouldn't shock me if they ran for 200. It wouldn't shock me if they threw for 400. I'll kind of have to know how Louisiana Tech plays it because you know the whole take what you're given thing. And uh, but I just think BYU is going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, you, and you just—I was just going to say what you just said. You, you take what you're given. I was going to say that any good offensive coordinator. I think we have a good offense. I think we have a couple of good offensive coordinators on staff. They—they—they—they're um, they, they, good at analyzing the opponent and exploiting their weaknesses. And you know, if if if, if you got a bunch of inexperience in the back end. Uh, I'm going to come baptize you, and and you know we'll find out. You know you're going to learn real quick, and and um, and 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 if it's working, I'm just going to keep coming at it and keep coming at it. That that's my mindset. That's what I would do. That would be my game plan. I would absolutely attack that, and then adjust if they if they if they're able to stop it, then adjust. But if they're not, man, I'm just going to keep coming at it until they do. I'm going to keep coming at it until they figure it out. He's Brian Keel. He's a former BYU linebacker. He joins us every week. Brian, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. You have a good one. Brian Keel, talking college football right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He is 20 minutes away. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time to welcome in Joe Ingalls for a couple of lectures. Joe, I want you to listen to your elders. No, you need to listen to your younger. <laughs> Joe, you know how the teacher tells you in school, there are no dumb My questions. Fell asleep when you guys were talking driving to school, I was like, this is kind of cool, but how boring can these old men be? All right, Joe, let's talk about your love life. How is it? <laughs> uh, she's 32 weeks pregnant. Um, we're having a little boy. Uh, lost. Lost good. Well, thank you for naming him Patrick. I really appreciate it. I can promise you it's wrong. <laughs> Dang right. There's so many other names. Yep. But they've already settled on David Ingalls. Go ahead. Tell him. <laughs> no, no. We actually do have a name. We've got our name ready to go. But this isn't about me. This is about me giving you guys a reality check to how boring you sounded in the morning. And that... It's that little commercial that was just on about the most listened show or whatever for a decade, which I don't know how it is if that's what you've been bloody talking like for the last 10 years or 40 years or how long you've been doing it for. I really hope the Jazz trade you. I mean, it is what it is, right? (laughs) I actually tweeted that the other day, yesterday, um, about there's an Australian football player who plays for the team I support and... He doesn't want to leave. Like, he's won three championships there. He's, he's a really good player, but they're kind of, like, half rebuilding. And another team's trying to get him, and the players are like, oh, he's an asshole. He wants to land up. So, like, it's early in the hey. morning. But, hey. Um, well, you are more exciting on the radio than us. I'll give you that. You're way more exciting and energetic on the radio than us, especially when you use that word. Are you in the locker room talking to Rudy and Donovan? What is going on? Rudy and Donner are like, anyway, we don't talk like that, DJ. And I and I tweeted like, hey, sometimes it's not the player's choice. It comes from up above. Like, he doesn't want to leave, but the club's rebuilding. And yes. I think a lot of people thought it was me that I was saying that I was leaving. So <laughs> I'm not. I haven't been told I'm leaving yet, but um, I'll keep you guys posted. So just be, just be a bit more happy in the morning. I got on, I was like, Miller's in the back of the car. We're going to school. I'll give her a little entertainment. She can listen to it. And you guys are like, oh, yeah. And then if he runs through the nerds over the line. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, talking, we're talking college football. You'll always find that boring, Joe. Well, that yeah, I didn't have a clue what <laughs> the people on the show were talking about or what you guys were like trying to. doesn't matter what you're talking about. At least have some energy in your voice. Now, do is is there sports talk radio in Melbourne talking yes. about Australian rules football and breaking it down? Yes. yes. I'm going to have to find one of those shows. I'm going to have to find a podcast somewhere. I'm going to have to find one of them archived. I got to find that. Yeah, you can. I can. I can. Uh, I can send you a couple. There's a couple good ones, but I, I and I don't listen to them that often or anything. But I guarantee you, they get more lost in their voice than what you do. 
or what you did. I apologize. You seem very bubbly right now, which I'm extremely happy about. Well, that's because we're talking about you, and you find you more interesting. I am pretty interesting. But <laughs> I'm glad that from 8.55 until whatever time, you guys will be a bit more interesting for the people driving to work or like, whatever, at home working and obviously with the pandemic, working at home, and they're like, oh, put a little uh, DJ and PK on in the background, and they probably fall asleep at their desk too, smack their forehead on their desk because they were yawning to this. Okay, Come so, on, wake so, up! So Rudy Ingalls, Donovan Ingalls, Quinn Ingalls, where are you going? I was actually, I actually was saying to Renee the other day, I... I might be wrong. I'll have to like double check, but I'm fairly confident there's no one in the NBA with the name we're going to use. Really? Well, the name the name we've picked to to date. <laughs> we might change, obviously, as as it goes on. But we're at 32 weeks uh, today, actually. So if we are going to change, it's uh, we've waited a while. But um, yeah, well, I'm going to double check and do some research. But I'm confident that. Um, Trying to think off the top of my head. I'll, I'll double check. I'll text one of you guys. And you're like 95 percent confident. I'd say even higher than that. But if I say any higher than I'm wrong, then I just look like an idiot. So <laughs> Go with 95. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, um, so, so. The, the only thing you need to know before you go, because I know you got to go here. Uh, the teacher told you there are no dumb questions, but you asking Jake if you can come on the air is a dumb question. You can come on the Joe. Joe, you got you've got the pass. You got the phone well, number. I never You're had, always no, welcome. I never had. I never had the phone. I know I can come on whenever I want. It's my show. I I run <laughs> you guys. Okay, all right. I just I just didn't have the number, and I really wanted to. If I had the number, I wouldn't have texted him. I would have just called in and been like, "Yo, pick it up." I never have the number. Now that he sent me the number this morning, because Jake is such an amazing producer, host or whatever he wants to. He's probably actually really the host of the show too. Um, now I've got the number. He's such a good dude. He used to just call me in every week, and he's done that for five years. So credit to him for having to put up with me for five years. But um, anyway, I'm going to call him whenever I want now. Make sure you answer. I'm going to go. Have a wonderful day. I hope all the listeners have a wonderful day after I've excited everyone and you guys have finally perked up a little bit. Have a wonderful evening, day. i got to go. Love you all. All right. See you, Joe. There's Joe Ingles. Hey, Yak. Yuck, tell him, uh, give him, give him my number. I want that podcast thing. All right? Don't, I want to hear that. I want to hear Australian sports talk radio. I'll text him. See what's going on down there. That could be, that could be hilarious. But I don't want to listen to the bad ones. I want him to send me like the best of the best. You know, the DJ and PK of Melbourne. All right, DJ and PK. I get nothing out of PK for that? Come on, PK. I thought that was worth a laugh. I believe his connection dropped. Oh, his connection dropped. Well, no wonder then. He would have been giving you a bunch of guff. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, that's what, I, that's what I was looking for right there. All right, DJ and PK. We'll get PK reconnected, and Craig Bowlerjack is going to join us next. He will talk about the NBA playoffs and the Utah Jazz, and Joe will second-guess everything he has to say, and will then call back in to tell us why Bowler was wrong. That's how that'll work. DJ and PK. Bowler's coming up next. Stay with us.